0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged and blessed as you listen to the word of God. I wanna talk to you about passing on a blessing or a curse and you really have the choice and the subtitle would be freedom from pressures you thought you had to live with. But before that, let me pray so we can kind of rethink. Father, I thank you so much that our hearts are receptive and our minds are open to your word. I pray, God, that there'd be clarity of thought that it would be your words and not mine. Father, I pray that we will become more like you and energized by your Holy Spirit and that we'll continue to have the desire, discipline, and determination to be all that you've called us to be. So speak to us now, God. Let us literally make a shift, a shift where we'll pass on Blessings to thousands of generations in your name. Amen. Well, I want to start with a story. Um, Bob and I went to Latvia, and we smuggled Bibles into Latvia, and we had the brilliant idea to stop in Finland for a couple of days and um, go stay at a hostel. And so we were carrying all this luggage, and we were going uphill in the pouring rain. All this luggage on our back And literally we went over a mile and Bob, we stopped and we realized we had gone the wrong way. We should have been going down the hill. And so we were walking, carrying all this luggage and all of a sudden Bob just had a meltdown and he threw off the luggage and he goes, that's it, I've had it. I don't care what's in there, we don't need it. We'll just wear the clothes we have on our back for the next five days. I am not carrying anything any further and he had a fever, I didn't realize that, and he was exhausted from ministering in Latvia for 12 days, and we did finally get our luggage to where we were going, and we were aware that we were carrying something heavy on our backs. Some of you are carrying generational curses on your back, and you're not even aware that you have them, so we're gonna talk about that this morning. We're gonna talk about jealousy, abuse, loneliness, anger, envy, fear, unforgiveness, bitterness, prejudice, you know, in the beginning Adam and Eve had this beautiful garden of Eden, and the Lord told them to not touch the forbidden fruit, and the enemy came and was so deceptive and said, "Oh Eve, you misunderstood. Go ahead and eat that tree. It's okay." And she did, which brought sin and generational curses into our lives. So, it says in Genesis 3:17, "Adam, And to Adam, God said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit when I told you not to, I placed a curse upon the soil, and all your life you'll struggle to extract a living from it. Sometimes we have things, hereditary traits, and we say, well, that just runs in the family. But really the bottom line is it's a curse that's been passed down from generation to generation. A curse means something that's destructive, punishment, affliction, or torment. We all want to have strong, healthy families. And so today we can make a choice and God can come in and make a change and we'll make a difference. So, a generational curse, Exodus 25 through 6 says, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And I visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing steadfast love to thousands, say thousands. Oh, come on, you can do better than that if you want to go to lunch. Say thousands. Good. We'll be out of here soon (laughs) to those who love me and keep my commandments. Literally, we can speak a blessing. We can pass a blessing, and it will go to our children and their children and their children and thousands of generations. We will not even see the power that we have to do that. So let's talk about sin for a minute. You know, we don't like talking about sin, but if we sin when we make, you know, a bad choice, I could be talking to you, talking about sin, and all of a sudden walk over to Pastor John and go, oh, sorry, John, didn't mean to hit you. You know, this arm, it's been really spastic late- lately. Don't know what's wrong with it. And John would look at me like, really, mom, you're hitting me, I am the lead pastor. You cannot touch me, <laughs> I'm, I'm the lead. Yeah. And then if I'm talking to you, you know, talking for a couple of minutes, and then I go over and go whack and hit him harder, he'd be like, man, if everybody wasn't watching, I would just, <laughs> he'd go, oh, it's okay, mom, John, sorry. Didn't mean to hit you, I'm so sorry. You know, he'd look at me like, what, what are you thinking? You've hit me twice, really? And what if I'm talking to you and then at the end of the sermon when he's not paying attention, I go boom, and I knock him out of the chair and he's laying on the ground. Hey, John, I'm so sorry. Listen, when we say sorry, sorry means I'm sorry. I did something wrong. I'm not going to do it again. And so scripture talks about when we sin and we do it over and over and over because when you sin and do something repeatedly, your heart becomes hardened towards it. And scripture calls that iniquity. It's a bending where your heart is so hardened that even though you might say the words, I'm sorry, you don't have that repent of heart because the bottom line is when you say, I'm sorry, it means I'm not gonna do it again. So it means you've distorted your heart. And some of us have things in our family that have been passed down. Now, usually about every year, we go to the doctor and do a wellness check and the doctor asks us, do you have Do you have anybody diabetic in your family? Do you have heart disease in your family? Do you have high blood pressure, cancer? And we kind of do a check and they watch us to make sure that we don't have those things happen to us. Today, I wanna ask you in the spiritual realm to do a check. What's in your family that you haven't thought about that maybe you've picked up? Now, I'm not asking you to think about that where you can go back and say to your dad, wow, you really messed up. You just messed up my life and go after, you know, your dad or your mom or somebody in your family. This is between you and God. It's not so you'll be critical. It's not so you'll be condemning. It's so you'll go go before the Lord and say, Lord, I see that that was in my family. I am not gonna allow it in my family. I'm gonna stop it now in your name and pass on blessings to my family. So I only chose 10 things and there's many more, but these are kind of the 10 common ones. Number one, fear. ARE YOU AFRAID OF THE DARK? ARE YOU AFRAID OF ANIMALS? ARE YOU AFRAID OF REJECTION? ARE YOU AFRAID TO TRY NEW THINGS? NUMBER TWO, BLIND, SPIRITUAL BLINDNESS. MY GRANDMA ACCEPTED THE LORD AT 102. WHEN SHE WAS 65, WE STARTED PRAYING FOR HER. SOMEHOW AT ABOUT THE AGE OF 60, SHE WENT TO CHURCH. SOMEBODY OFFENDED HER, AND SHE GOT SO MAD AT HOW SHE WAS TREATED BY CHRISTIANS THAT SHE BECAME HARDENED and spiritually blind to the things of the Word of God. But we prayed for her from 65 to 101 or 102 and she accepted the Lord. Do you have somebody in your family that something's happened where they literally cannot hear or receive the things of God? Number three, lying and deception. That started in the Garden of Eden when the enemy came. That means that you're being disobedient. You might tell part of the truth. You might not even tell the truth. You're deceiving yourself, you're distorting things. You know, and the sad thing is when you fall into lying, eventually it can be like this monster where it becomes a part of your life and you continue to do it. Now, I know some of you don't remember what a telephone is. It's a thing that plugged into the wall before cell phones. A telephone. In my family, I would pick up the phone and say, oh, hi, Judy, you wanna talk to my mom? I'm not here. Tell her I'm not here. You know, in my family, there was a lot of lying, a lot of criticalness. Number four, false knowledge. That would be the occult, palm reading, Satanism, witchcraft, hexes, horoscopes. Number five, death. There's a tendency of homicide or suicide. Some of you might have a dad that died at 62 where you're thinking, I'm not going to live past my 60s. Somebody might have a mom who had cancer when you were in high school and you think, oh man, I hope I live longer than my mom did. Some of you have even articulated and said, well, I'll never live past age and you've thrown an age out there. Carnal sins, that would be a sexual sin, lust, adultery, pornography, affairs. Number seven, greed, selfishness, jealousy. That is a very strong territorial Curse that can be passed down, where you're possessive and your pride gets into that. Number eight, a tendency towards pain, self-pity. Oh, woe is me. It's just so hard. Things are never going to change. Number nine, anger and aggressiveness. Usually that stems out of bitterness and revenge and hatred. You know, people are as mean as a hornet. The sad thing is when you're moving in anger and aggressiveness, you're hurt and you're wounded and hurt people tend to hurt other people. And then finally 10, laziness and procrastination, stuck. You just can't be motivated. You can't get things done. I have to be really careful right now since Bob passed away because I have days where I wake up and think, I can't do this and I get overwhelmed. And then I think I don't have a future So I have to be careful of fear and just being overwhelmed by the lies of the enemy. So even now in our life, we have to be careful of how we respond to how we're feeling. You know, some days everything in me, it just takes everything because my body and my emotions feel like I can't do this. I want things the way they were. And some of you are hanging on to your past too. And we have to move through that, through the promises of God's word and say, nope, I'm not going there. God said I can do it. I'm gonna take a step forward because how we respond, The choices we make are a blessing to our children and their children. And I strongly believe what I do, what I say, how I respond will impact my family, how they're gonna handle tough things, how their faith's gonna grow in the future when things aren't going the way they want them to go, and how the church is gonna be. And if our church wants to see revival in Southern California saved, then we need to step up, step into his promises and move forward in his blessings. And I just say that to you because it's not always easy, but I wanna to talk to you now too for a moment about your words, because your words carry so much power and authority. Uh, Proverbs 15, four says, gentle words cause life and health, but griping brings discouragement. Proverbs 12:18 says, some people like to make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. Your words are so powerful in the spiritual realm. You can misuse them for control and manipulation and intimidation. You can use your words to tear somebody down, to destroy them, or you can edify, encourage, build them up. You have the choice. Proverbs 18:21 says your words are either a blessing or a curse. What are you speaking in your life? You know, I had a man come up to me last night and he said, Pastor Sherry, he said, you were talking and he said, my dad, when I was... 11 years old I was out you know in the garage helping my dad and I he said I messed up and my dad looked at me and said you are all thumbs you are so clumsy you are not gifted at all and he said to this day I have trouble even putting a nail on the wall and he said I realized that my dad was frustrated and spoke something over me that's hindered me all my life maybe you've said to a daughter you are you have two left feet you are so clumsy Maybe you had a teacher that told you, you are so stupid, or you're a behavior problem. Our words carry so much power. And you have to think about that. Has somebody spoken something over you that's really hindered you and held you back? But we also have to watch what we're saying Our self talk. What's the use? I give up. I'm going crazy. Things are never going to change. When you say that, you might as well whistle for the enemy and say, come on, hit me with your best shot. The enemy hears your words and he sees what you do. You know, I think our words are like a whistling tea kettle. You put the water in the tea kettle, you put it on your oven, the temperature builds up, builds up, builds up. Finally, it hits boiling point and then inwardly it expands and the whistle blows. Once that whistle blows on the tea kettle, you can't make it Not ever happen. You can't take that back. You can't take your words back. Your words are powerful. Once they're out there, you can't take them back. One of my grandkids said it's like trying to put toothpaste back into a toothpaste tube. When they were in children's church, that's what they were taught. Once it's out there, you you can't take it back. So we need to go before the Lord when we feel like we're hitting that boiling point and we know that we're not doing well and just say, Lord, I am losing it. AND I NEED TO NOT SAY ANYTHING, AND I NEED TO NOT RESPOND OUT OF EMOTIONS, AND HELP ME TO WATCH MY WORDS. BLESSINGS AND CURSES, ONCE YOU RELEASE THEM, THEY FLOW FROM GENERATION TO GENERATION. IF YOU HAVE AN APPLE THAT'S BRUISED AND YOU PUT IT WITH OTHER APPLES, THEY'LL EVENTUALLY ALL GET MUSHY AND GET BRUISED. IT it, PAUL, NOT TO BE GRAPHIC OR GROSS, BUT PAUL, WHEN HE WAS A PRISONER IN THE ROMAN PRISONS, They used to take a dead body and they'd strap it on the back of a prisoner and they'd leave it on that prisoner and that body would rot and decay and eventually kill that prisoner as it rotted. Some of you have uh, generational curses and they're gonna go into your life and instead of experiencing the abundance and all that the Lord has for you, you're never gonna achieve that because literally it continues to rot and destroy and affect your life. Because without Jesus and without speaking to those things, we can't stop them. So how do you break those curses off of yourself? Break those off where you can pass blessings to your children? We have to start a new family tree. And our new family tree is Jesus died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, his blood took it all for us. And so we go to who he is and we thank him for what he's done and ask for his forgiveness. We have to go to the root of those generational curses. It's just like weeds. When you're weeding, if you pull a weed out and you don't go to the root, it comes back. And it usually comes back bigger and stronger. It says in Matthew 3, 10, the ax is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. We have a new family tree through our heavenly father. So here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to think about your family, your parents, your grandparents, aunt, uncle, people in your family and generational curses that you're aware of. I don't want you to be critical. I don't want you to be condemning. I don't want you to be negative. I don't want you to be unforgiving. I don't want you to go write this down, put it in their face. You messed me up. Look at what you did. No, that's not what the word tells us to do that will not change anything. People cannot change what they've already done. You can pray for that person, but the point isn't to go and point the finger. The point is, this is for you. I know I look really sweet, but in my family, I am very rebellious. My family used to say I was stubborn, which is a nice word for rebellious. You tell me to do something even if I want to do it because I have a rebellious streak, even if I want to do it, now that you told me to do it, I don't want to do it because you can't tell me what to do because I'm gonna do what I want to do. Strong-willed rebellious. Had to break that off. Didn't want my kids to get that. Had to make good choices. My, my um, grandparents were both adopted. My grandma, when she was adopted, they had ringers. That's before a time, ringer was a thing where you'd put the clothes through, you'd, you know, turn the handle and dry the clothes. My grandma had s- scars from her fingers up to her, beyond her elbows from her mom putting her hands in there and abusing her physically. Her mom would wake her up in the middle of the night and have a shotgun and go looking for her dad to shoot him. She had mental disorders. My mom was abandoned when she was young. Her dad just left, abandoned her, abandoned the family. Some of us have critical spirits in our family. Some of us have prejudice where our parents or somebody who said, "Well, they're no good." And then we think we're better than somebody who God created when that's not true. What's in your family? You have the capacity to break that off. You have you have the choice. You can do that. So the first thing you do is acknowledge and confess the things that you see in your family that your forefathers passed down. Nehemiah 9:2 says, "Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners, and they stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors." AGAIN, YOU'RE BREAKING OFF THOSE PATTERNS. YOU'RE ACCEPTING RESPONSIBILITY FOR THOSE INIQUITIES, THOSE THINGS THAT HAVE BEEN PASSED DOWN, BUT YOU'RE NOT DOING IT IN A CRITICAL, JUDGMENTAL WAY. THIS IS BETWEEN YOU AND THE LORD. THIS IS NOT TO to BLAME OR BRING SHAME OR GUILT TO YOUR FAMILY. IT'S NOT TO MAKE YOU MAD AT THEM. IT'S it's BECAUSE TODAY GOD'S GOING TO CHANGE YOUR HEART AND CHANGE WHERE YOU'RE HEADED. YOUR PAST DOES NOT DETERMINE YOUR FUTURE. NUMBER TWO, ASK GOD TO FORGIVE AND CLEANSE YOUR HEART. 1 JOHN 1, 7-9 SAYS, WE WALK IN THE LIGHT AS HE IS IN THE LIGHT. WE HAVE FELLOWSHIP WITH ONE ANOTHER, AND THE BLOOD OF JESUS HIS SON PURIFIES US FROM ALL SINS. IF WE CLAIM TO BE WITHOUT SIN, THEN WE'RE DECEIVING OURSELVES, AND THE TRUTH IS NOT IN US. WE HAVE TO LOOK AT OUR OWN HEART AND SEE WHAT WE'RE DOING THAT'S NOT IN line WITH GOD'S WORD. WHAT ARE WE DOING THAT'S WRONG? AND THEN VERSE 9, IF WE CONFESS OUR SINS, HE IS FAITHFUL AND JUST TO FORGIVE US OF OUR SINS AND CLEANSE US FROM ALL UNRIGHTEOUSNESS. GOD FORGIVES AND FORGETS. WE NEED TO FORGIVE AND FORGET. WE NEED TO SAY, LORD, I CONFESS MY SINS BEFORE YOU, AND I ASK FOR YOUR FORGIVENESS. AND GOD, I PRAY THAT ANYTHING I'VE BEEN EXPOSED TO THAT'S A CURSE, THAT YOU'LL RELEASE ME FROM THE CONSEQUENCES OF THOSE SINS. My dad, I used to be in trouble. I think by age 10, I was grounded till I was 80. I was always in trouble. And my dad, when he'd get after me, used to stand behind the kitchen table, and he'd stand there. And I remember when I was young, he looked at me and said, Pumpkin, I'm standing with this table here because my dad beat me to a snot when I was young, and I don't ever want to lay a hand on you. I don't want to discipline you out of anger. I want you to know the behavior is wrong, but I love you and I'm breaking off generational curses. Number three, submit your will to God and be obedient. We need to be obedient. Listen, if I'm breaking off alcoholism, I have an uncle who was an alcoholic and he eventually committed suicide. If I'm breaking off alcoholism in my family, you know, as a generational curse and I go sit at the bar and drink, I'm not being obedient. That's not using good wisdom. If I'm breaking off pornography in my family and I sit in front of my computer, that's, no, that is not being who God's called us to be. So we have a responsibility to do God's will. It says in James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Number four, we use the authority in the name of Jesus. We declare by his power, this is done, this is broken off. God tells us in John 16, 23, in that day you'll no longer ask me anything, I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And then you declare that these curses are broken. The enemy hears you say that. You are saying, enemy, this is gone. I am stopping this. I'm going to be a blessing for generations and generations and generations. He sees us make that choice. He sees what we're doing. And then he knows he has no power there anymore. We say to him, Lord, I believe that when you died on the cross, you took every curse that could ever come upon me. And I'm asking you to release this from my life. And I'm thanking you by faith that I'm receiving this and I'm releasing it to you and it's done. And then the most important thing is speak blessings over your life. Speak words that build up, encourage. Be a blessing to your kids. And we need to plant our new tree in healthy soil. We need to, it says in verse eight of Luke eight, that other seed fell on good soil. And when it fell on good soil, it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Plant it on good, good seed. And how do we do that? We do that by feeding the tree and we feed the tree and our family by the word of God. We know the word of God. We learn the word of God. We love the word of God. We live the word of God. We memorize the word of God. You need to know it in your mind and your heart. Some of us know the Word of God, we've heard the Word of God, but we're not living the Word of God. It is of no help if you're not living and applying it in your life. Number two, we water the tree. We water the tree by not just listening to the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, but living and applying it in our life. What you do, your kids see you do. The choices you make, that's how they'll respond. You need to apply the word of God every day in your life. Pruning is really important. I talked about that a bit. Pruning is where we go before the Lord and say, Lord, what, am I, what, what do I need to do differently? What am I doing that doesn't line up with who you've called me to be? You know, and we really humbly go before him where his Holy Spirit gently tells us the things that we're doing wrong. The enemy will come in and he'll hit you with blame and shame and guilt. Those are not our Holy Spirit. That is not from God. God is gentle, God is loving. He will correct you, but it is always in a loving, gentle way. He doesn't tell you that your past has determined who you're gonna be. And then you need to nurture the tree for future generations by choosing the high road. The high road is, this isn't easy. This isn't what I wanna do. I don't wanna stand in front of everybody. I wanna go home and sit in the corner and feel sorry for myself, but that's not who you have called me to be. I'm not passing that curse on my family. I'm gonna stand in front of everybody. I'm gonna stand on your word. I don't care if I have a pastor call me from Brea who says, well, your husband wouldn't have died if he wouldn't have opened up the church. What a sad thing to say. I stand against that. I'm gonna speak blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings and see revival and see our church change and see Southern California safe, and I'm gonna serve you, and I'm gonna follow your word. You choose, you choose. And you might not feel like doing it, but you begin to move in that direction, and then everything will follow. And then you allow the process to take place. So go to church with your family. Pray without ceasing, Feed on the word of God. Know the word of God and pass on good seed. And I'm gonna close with an illustration and Joshua, and John. John, you, you can wrap it. Yeah, you can, Josh, you get to sit because you know John is the lead pastor, so we... John's done this and complained for three services. So here's what happens. No, not around his neck, boys. Oh, okay, right, so, so initially, we'll have something come in it might be now you can say something horrible to him and run and he can't go anywhere it might be it might be depression it might be alcoholism it could be anger it could be prejudice he's having too much fun i can tell you're not listening to me you're watching john have a good time jealousy selfishness these things come in and initially you're you're you've got a foothold and you can kind of move it you've got a foothold and then eventually If you don't break them off after generation after generation, you literally become bound by them. But here's the point. You think you can't move. Yeah, go get them now, Josh. (laughs) You think you can't move, but you can look at the Lord and say, hey, I'm not gonna put up with this. And then start breaking them off. Show them how easy it is. You just start moving. Nope, Lord, this isn't what I want. I'm breaking that off. I'm breaking that critical spirit off. I'm breaking that addiction off. I'm breaking this off. And you can break them off. Will you stand with me as we worship? Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.